Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. What is your favorite fuel? Yes, they're off to the races, and certainly gasoline is in the lead by a mile. Electrics, that would be hybrids and plug-ins, are a distant second, and not far behind them is diesel power, clearly in third place. Then way back in the pack is CNG, that's compressed natural gas. It's bringing up the rear, but picking up speed in perhaps ways that might surprise you today. So the question I pose to you this morning, and I really am hoping some folks out there will call in with their fantastic fuel stories or fuel fiascos. Which is it? (laughs) A fantastic fuel story or fuel fiasco? 866-348-7884. This is a live show. We have lines open. We'd love to hear what happened to you with maybe it was an electric car or a diesel or natural gas? Bob, I have to admit, I sold my father-in-law one of those 350 diesel <laughs> GMC pickups back in like 1978. It was not a good move on my part. <laughs> you remember those uh, diesels? Uh, there's a, a lot of horror stories about that. <laughs> but... Uh, there's so many different things about a diesel that uh, a lot of people don't consider, and it, but it used to be such a cheap fuel. I mean, the diesel used to be just so much cheaper than gasoline, and uh, you know, most of our fleet of rollbacks and uh, and our road tractors and everything are all diesel now. But uh, the fuel savings is not quite there like it used to be. There you go. So, what is your story? What are the benefits of natural gas or diesel? What left you on the side of the road or worse? We'd love to hear your story. This is a live show, 866-348-7884. Or for the digitally gifted, 866-34-TRUTH. As you just heard, here to help us out this morning, we have the man who sees the end of most mechanical marvels, (laughs) Bob, our very own Christian junkyard guy. Bob, you see the end of all this technology, and 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 so now that you got you're crushing hybrids, and you got all sorts of different stuff than than it used to be out there. We are getting into the hybrids now. Um, we're coming up against our very, you know, the very first few. We've only had a few in our inventory, and uh, they haven't reached the end of life stage yet. But uh, that's something that we're going to have to examine and and get a little bit more up to speed on because. Uh, you know, new things require new methods, and uh, but I was wondering when you mentioned the the old diesel, did that one have the electric plug in that you have to keep them warm in the winter? <laughs> Interesting, you should ask that. You, you know, a lot of folks don't may not realize that diesel fuel is made very similar to paraffin wax, and so when it gets cold, unbeknownst to me, when I sold my father in law this vehicle, uh, it turns solid in the fuel lines when it gets cold and general motors didn't have a lot of experience putting this in light duty vehicles. If they had turned to their Detroit diesel brothers, they would have showed them something, but they didn't. So they took this 350 gas engine 
and like they say, they, they turned it into a diesel engine somehow, put four bolt mains on it and said, okay, you guys go with it, put a diesel, <laughs> but no fuel line heaters. So the very first cold day in Texas that year, when we sold all these vehicles, it wasn't just my father-in-law, Bob, but I'm talking about, I had probably 150 customers calling screaming that their vehicles wouldn't start. We had tow trucks going all over the state of Texas, picking up vehicles because nobody thought to put fuel line heaters. <laughs> uh, messy, and messy, messy. Of course, I'm laughing, but it was not funny at the time. Right. And, and so maybe you had one of these diesel horse stories. Maybe you've had great luck with a diesel. Maybe you've had compressed natural gas, or maybe you know, you've had ex- experience with electric one way or the other. There's all sorts of pluses and minuses we're going to be talking about all those things today the question of the day is what's your favorite fuel 866-348-7884 is a number to call in and share then coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the real black book that's where we search the bible for hidden treasure cry out for discernment lift up our voice for understanding we'll talk about power i mean boom boom power not pop pop power after last week's boot camp I was burdened. You know, we broadcast last week live from the Dangerous Heart Boot Camp, and I was kind of burdened to study the Holy Spirit because somebody cried out something from the stage, and I was thinking, wow, that's the, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. And I said, I really need to revisit that. And as I, we gaze upon the face of God, right, God and his community of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost, I'm, I'm really blessed, I really am, to have some amazing folks around me who teach on God the Father and on Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, it, or the Holy Ghost, it continues to haunt me, Bob. <laughs> so, Why does that not surprise me, brother? Oh. So this week, I went back, since I was burdened, to John Owen, the 17th century Puritan, and his work on the Holy Spirit. And all this power that I found out about, and I get to share that coming up at the end of the show, on our appraisal by the Real Black Book. Hi, I'm Robbie Dillmore, 35 years in the retail automobile business. But more importantly, your brother in Christ, the Christian Car Guy Show, we hope is changing the way people look at their cars. Cars need to be paid for, no debt. Watching people go into the slavery of debt, buying cars for 35 years is a huge reason we started this show. And in order to keep your car so you don't have to trade every so often, it takes tender, loving care. And a name like Old Red, you think about it, you see tractors out there in the elements, they're still running since the 1940s well why do you think well truth is if you maintain a car it lasts as long as you do and cars need to be safe and driven safely wear your seatbelt and don't speed if you're truly following jesus he's in the car ahead of you it's estimated americans waste 200 million gallons of gasoline (laughs) not compression natural gas or diesel or electricity but they waste all that gas on speeding and so we Always talk about that kind of thing on the Christian Car Guy show, but this is a live show, and of course, you are a big part of that. And so today, we really, really, I'm hoping somebody will call in. I'm really wondering about compressed natural gas. Does anybody know of a car that was involved in an accident with compressed natural gas? There are some fears that what happens when you've got this gas tank that looks like a rocket ship, you know, put on the back of your car. What happens when that gets struck? We would love to hear that. Or maybe you have a diesel story or something. You bought one of these new plug-in hybrids that our other listeners may not know. 866-348-7884. We need you to share. We need. We can learn from your experience. Yeah, Bob. You were uh, 
you know, we experienced our first couple of nights of uh, cold, cold, cold weather here. And uh, so we we had been through it before. We uh, In the past, we had a diesel rollback. The, one of the first ones was uh, a Ford product, and it was a good truck, but uh, some of the things didn't really, you know, if we, if we didn't take precautions and plug it in at night, we'd end up pushing it down the hill at the junkyard pushing it down the hill, trying to get it to jump off and, <laughs> and push it off and everything. And um, so this week we took our precautions, and uh, the oldest one we put inside of the building and plugged it up. And when the newer one, we went ahead and plugged it up and made sure everything would crank. But it's just something still to this day that uh, you, you better think about when the cold weather comes. Yeah, the, the, those fuel line heaters and the diesels, they, are, they do all come with that electric plug-in. Or at least the ones I was familiar with uh, for years and years. And so that's that's a big part of a diesel that a lot of folks may not be aware of, even in the cars. Um, if they're sitting out there in the cold, uh, the fuel will begin to solidify, and it, it's a whole different ballgame. So what's your story? We'd love to hear it, 866-348-7884. Of course, we've got all kinds of information for you on compressed natural gas, electrics. You might be shocked at, at how sales are going with these things we got a lot of that to share with you. Of course, it's all at ChristianCarGuy.com and our website. Yeah, Bob. One of my friends was sharing with me that, that it wouldn't let you park the diesels in the parking decks up north because in cold weather, when they crank up, they they smoke for a little bit. And uh, it can I can see the reason they don't let it happen, you know, because uh, that is a large amount of smoke to be in a parking deck rolling around with everybody. I'd never heard that. That's interesting. I it, bet that's true. That that when when you do crank up a diesel in the cold, you you get a little bit more smoke, and uh, it would be a obnoxious. It can be a a large amount of smoke, especially if one's not finely tuned or has a small problem. Anyway, it, it they'll emit smoke, but after they warm up, it clears right up, and and uh, you know it goes back to normal emissions. And you're dealing with those diesels every day. Every day. Every day. All right. Well, again, as we mentioned, all this stuff's at our website. I have a wonderful article I wrote there about what's your favorite fuel some statistics statistics on sales on these electrics and diesels what is the next craze what are the advantages to some of these things we're going to be figuring out your favorite fuel plus we've got jesus labor love podcast previous shows it's all there at christiancarguy.com when we come back we've got callers we got stuff we need you 866-348-7884 The price of gas is killing me. I wish I owned stock in an oil company. Cause I want to go on a vacation somewhere half across the nation. What is your favorite fuel? That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guy radio show. Is it electric? Or perhaps diesel, or maybe compressed natural gas. There's a lot of new stuff out there. A lot of technology is coming fast and furious. Seems like the manufacturers have their toe in a lot of different kinds of fuelish waters. But what is your favorite? 866-348-7884 is a number to call in with your fuel fable. Maybe at a fuel fiasco. We would love to hear it. 866-348-7884. Now... We have a very special guest, Deborah Maliski, 
I'm hoping I'm saying your name right. Deborah, did I get it right? You did. <laughs> With Ford, she's in Dearborn, Michigan this morning. And from what I understand, Deborah, there's a whole new definition of things go better with Coke when it comes to Ford Fusions. I've heard a lot of very creative headlines <laughs> with regard to our announcement of, of a Ford Coke collaboration on materials technology. I bet you have. What, what's your favorite so far? Um, I think it's Ford spills Coke on their interiors. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Well, I know it, 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 it's so neat to see what technology is doing in so many different ways. You guys have the Ford Fusion Hybrid, and it's a plug-in as well. And now you, you're using these recyclables. So are, is the interior actually made from Coke bottles? So it's not a recyclable technology. We have currently on our cars many um, recycled pop bottle or recycled PET technologies. This one is made from plants. So Coca-Cola in 2009 launched Plant Bottle, which is uh, PET material made from plants. We were able to collaborate with them and make the first um, fiber and fabric out of that material. And so the seat cushions, seat backs, headrests, all the touch surfaces that are fabric are now made out of plants in that demonstration vehicle. So we're really excited about it. Well, in a sense, <laughs> there was something in my mind that's like, wow, we've gone full circle because originally cloth was made out of cotton and that's plants, <laughs> right? Yes, you're exactly right. And all these things became petroleum-based. And uh, why depend on petroleum in the future when you have the opportunity to use things that you can grow, even waste byproducts? So we've been successful at putting wheat straw to fill plastics instead of glass fibers. Why not do it for the environment? Yeah, that is, it's, it's and, and, and we actually have, Deborah, the world's only Christian junkyard guy here with us today, Bob. <laughs> And, Bob, when it comes to crushing these cars, it works out better when this stuff is is is, is natural stuff. It it will, <clears throat> excuse me, it will on the end because uh, less stuff will have to end up in the landfills. When we, we crush the cars, some of them still have the interior stuff in them, and then we haul them to the grinder, and where they grind the cars up, they have to separate out that stuff, and so much of it heads to the landfill, and it sounds like... Uh, with our product, we'll be able to send a better product to the landfills, and some of may not even make it to the landfills. Maybe they'll find another purpose for it. And the other question that's, that – I'm sorry, go ahead, Deborah. No, that's our hope is to take uh, the materials in the car, which all the metal is currently recycled, but it's the plastic that's the problem that goes into landfill, and our hope is to reduce that. Yeah, well, I would think that it would. Now, uh, the obvious question everybody has on their mind is will these – because, you know, those old petroleum-based fabrics lasted a long time. You know, they didn't get holes and stuff like that. Do you feel like uh, from a durability standpoint that these are, are as good or better? Our objective is to make them at least as durable, and sometimes the natural materials actually perform better. Now, we're in the early testing phase with the plant bottle fabrics, but we anticipate that we'll get good performance. So we never want our customers to be disappointed. Right. And I'm reading this press release. It says that, that 400,000 barrels of oil have already been saved with this plant bottle um, technology. 
Well, you know, this is something I learned from our CEO and from Henry Ford way back. Even when you make a small change in a vehicle, when you make millions and millions of vehicles every single year, you can still have an impact. And so our mantra has sort of been um, do what you can to lower your environmental impact and continue to make progress toward using greener materials, safer materials, materials that are better for the environment, and keep them out of landfill. So that's sort of what we've been occupying ourselves with the past 10 years. And the Coke collaboration just brings another aspect of excitement because they're another large company, and if we can share these green technologies together, we can make progress for everyone more quickly. Well, it's amazing to me that, you know, it's it's gratifying that we're getting back to that because so many things used to be made from, uh, you know, uh, natural stuff. I mean, rope for years has been made from a plant. And then, you know, we got away from that and got into all the petroleum products and everything. And uh, it's great to see things headed back toward the natural natural plan. Yeah, and I think the farmers in this country are excited as well. When we launched soy-based foam, we were utilizing... Um, excess soybean oil that they had, giving them another revenue stream, and then partnering with them to use their product, and hopefully they end up buying a Ford product with soybeans in the seat. So um, it's been a really good experience. That is really great. I I appreciate it. Now, what, what, you know, because you guys get little peeks under the blanket of the future that that, that might just is going to wow us. Is there something that you're aware of, Deborah, that you could share with our listeners that we just could, well, oh, man, I can hardly wait? Well, I think it's really cool that we've sort of sat on this whole idea of using petroleum-based plastics the past 50 years because petroleum was cheap. But if you think about the car, 300 or more pounds of plastic on it, 100 different formulations and different types, i think there's a place for so many natural materials, so many discarded materials. We're looking at old U.S. currency ground up as a fiber reinforcement for plastic, and (laughs) it's a good fiber. We burn that now, which is a bad environmental story. Why not use it in a durable product that's going to be used for 15 years before putting it into a landfill? So I just think there's a place for so many different. We're looking at the hair off of coconut. Um, wheat straw we've already launched in the Ford Flex in 2010 as a reinforcement. And it basically was being burned in the field. Now we take it and we use it as a good reinforcing fiber. So I think people, you know, as we move more and more toward these natural materials, I think people will want to know that they're doing something good for the environment. And um, we're excited to provide the technologies. They're just as strong, just as durable, and perform just as well. That sounds so cool, Bob. A car made out of, I can hardly wait to see the press release for the ones where they make them out of money. <laughs> it amazes. Trust me, we've thought about it. Your car comes with money already in it. There you go. Well, thank you, Deborah, for being on with us. God bless you. Keep up the good work up there in Michigan. And for Thanks you very listen- much for talking. Thank you. And for you listening, we need those fuel stories now. We got to hear what happened to your compressed natural gas, your diesel, your electric car. What was good? What was a fable? 866-348-7884. When we come back, fantastic fuel stories and fuel fiascos.
fantastic fuel stories or fuel fiascos. What your version? We need to hear from you. You've got the experience. I don't know anybody that's run compressed natural gas, but I'm reading all these wonderful things about it. You tell us, 866, you know, you got to call in, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Now, I've I've done some studying, Bob, and and here's the real deal, that in 2007, when it seemed like all the shenanigans really started with electric vehicles and, you know, and all the price of gas and all sorts of things started happening. In 2007, the market share for electric vehicles was 2.99% of the market that people were buying electric hybrids or whatever. Well, you would think after the billions and billions and billions of dollars that the government spent, everybody has spent on electrical vehicles. Bob, what would you think? What would you think if it was 2.99% in 2007, what would you think it is today? Well, with you asking, I'm sure it's not this, but I would say at least 10 or 15%. <laughs> That's just it a is, natural It tendency. is clear up to 3.9. It hasn't even <laughs> gone up 1%. <laughs> and so, you know, if you were to hear a lot of these people, oh, electric sales are up 37%. Well, the reason they're doing that is because of the classic ought times ought is equal to ought. In other words, when you take a really small number and you increase it just a few, <laughs> you get these phenomenal s- statistics. But inside that number, if you really start looking, it's not that big a deal. The electric cars are kind of expensive. It's kind of wondering what's going on with that, but we're not seeing a huge increase. Less than 1%. We got Lee is in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's got a, a three-wheeled car. Lee, you're on the Christian Car Guy show. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, my, my cell phone's almost run out, so I hope I can get through to you. Uh, a friend of mine turned me on to a car, and I'm waiting to uh, pick one up. It's made in a uh, old Chevy plant. They're putting together. It's a three-wheel, three-cylinder car. It gets 49 miles per gallon in the wow. city and 84 miles per gallon on the highway. It's designed to help the commuters that have got these long rides. Just one person in the car. Wow! What's it called? Uh, it's got four letters. It's named after the man's name who invented it, Silo uh, or something like that. But if you go on Google, just put three-wheel car, 84 miles per gallon, it'll pop up. Great! And you've got one on order. Well, can I ask what kind of price range on that? Seven thousand. Wow. Seven thousand. <laughs> yeah. That's, wow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, that is amazing for a new car. And did it, does it have a warranty on it, Lee? Uh, it's, it's only a two-passenger, but it's got regular regular automotive seats. It's got uh, airbags, heating, air conditioning, Everything else, they got one passenger sitting behind the other one, but not like a motorcycle sitting in the regular car seat. And the whole purpose of the vehicle was designed for the commuters. Wow! And does it does it have a warranty on it? Do you know, Lee? Uh, I'm not sure about a warranty, but I know they're uh, when the government gets done, they anticipate a five star safety rating because of the airbags and the crash zones and everything they've built into it. Do they have one with a bed on it where I could deliver parts? <laughs> <laughs> you can add that afterwards, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lee, that well, is that is a that's a really wonderful story. I'm so thankful that you called in with that, and we're going to have to check it out. The three wheeled, eighty four mile per gallon car, and we'll yep. we'll we'll be looking forward to when you get that car, and you can call in and tell us how it went. All right. Thank you, Lee. God bless you. I appreciate you calling in. Day. 
Thanks. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. So there's a story on electrics, Bob. From what I've seen, it just never has really taken off. There's still problems with the range on the cars. You can't go terribly far. The the big hang-up on electric vehicles is is the distance you can travel and the original expense of buying them. Of course, charging them is easy enough. And we've talked about diesels on and off, but the one that really astounded me is this compressed natural gas. And even though it represents less than 1%, so if electric cars are 3.9% of the market, well, this is less than 0.1% is the compressed natural gas. But Honda makes a, a Honda Civic natural gas. And this Honda Civic natural gas gets 27 miles to the gallon. Now, that's not anything significant, but when you think that compressed natural gas is only $2 a gallon here in North Carolina, it's only $1.58 in South Carolina, then and it gets 39 miles to gallon on the highway when you're paying a whole lot less for the fuel and here's the really great news the part that kind of shocked me was that this civic isn't like buying a diesel where you got to pay an extra five grand to get the the special fuel it's still under twenty six thousand dollars for this civic which now dodge is working on some technology here bob this will grab you that's based on the human lung because one of the disadvantages to compressed natural gas. And I really, really am hoping that somebody's had some experience with compressed natural gas will call in because the big fear everybody has is, wow, if you hit one of these cars, you've just struck a bomb, right? You you know, it's going to burn up. And there's some sites on the internet that would show you what happens, you know, to one of these civics if, if it was struck, but the government says the vehicle's very safe. The, The, everything I can read says the vehicle meets all the requirements, all that stuff. But here's the deal. One of the big disadvantages of, because if you hit a gasoline car, Bob, it's going to blow up. I mean, if you hit it just wrong, fuel will ignite. But one of the issues, the big drawback to compressed natural gas is the size of the tanks it takes in order to have enough fuel to get any range. And so if you've seen compressed natural gas vehicles in the past, they were usually trucks because they could have these great big tanks in them. But here's the great news. Chrysler is developing human lung technology to store compressed natural gas. Uh, they're asking for patent and patent because inside your lungs are these little, I forget what they're called. I should have it right on the tip of my tongue, but they're like little chambers, Bob, that fill up with oxygen. And all these little chambers are how that turns oxygen in. Well, Chrysler's using God technology to create fuel tanks that can contain a great deal more compressed natural gas without so much space based on that same concept. And you can read all about it at ChristianCarGuy.com. Is that like the bronchial tubes? Well, those are where the air comes in and out, I think. But that shows how much Bob and I know anatomy. <laughs> not, not many doctors in this room. <laughs> I'm a doctor of car crushing. <laughs> but it says they're called Alvacoy. A-L-V-E-O-L-I. Alveola? I don't know. But that's what the Chrysler folks said. Within the human lungs are countless individual sacs called A-L-V-E-O-L-I. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh. (laughs) Poser. There we go. Poser Bob. He's right here with us today. But here's the thing. Can you imagine now, because Honda's got the car, we see Dodge coming out with this for for different trucks. If, if these things start to sell, now here's the other drawback. I thought, where am I going to get fuel, Bob? If I went to compressed natural gas, where can I get gas? Well, I went to the CNG website, which, again, you can get the link at christiancarguy.com. And there are these stations all over the country where you can get this stuff. 
in almost every city that I could find, and certainly within my own city, there are these stations where you can, and there's a picture at christiancarguy.com of what those stations look like very much like a gas station and if you go to the cng website right bob because you're wondering what does it look like what do you stick in where exactly. and it looks just like a gas pump because when you're filling up <clears throat> the only experience i have with that would be like filling up your gas grill or filling up a gas bottle on a camper and and we have had a bad experience or two with a gas bottle on camper you have to remember when you're dismantling them to always look for the the propane tank because all campers, you know, anyone that has gas heat or a stove has got that bottle on it somewhere. So, Bob, can you actually crush a camper? They are not as, there's so much stuff that's not metal in there. Uh, you end up with more byproduct than you actually do metal because you got to think about all the foam and insulation and couch and wood and everything, you know. But after you get past all that, uh, you do there's some metal in there's there. metal down at the bottom <laughs> yeah but uh you're we're not able to pay as much per pound for the vehicle because of just so much byproduct that we have to you know that's going to enter the landfill and so there's the deal I, it's interesting as i look at out on the horizon i go okay well the, the until they come up with a battery the issue for electric vehicles until they come up with a battery that can get you four or 500 miles or at least 350 rather than a hundred, which is what they could get you back at the turn of the century. Electric vehicles will continue to stall, so to speak, as far as I'm concerned, we're still looking at and, and, and make them affordable, right? Who wants to go out and spend 50 grand to someday, you know, be able to have to buy another $30,000 battery or something. And I know I'm way overstating that, but that's the issue with electric vehicles. Then you got the diesels, the diesels normally now this new Chevy Chevy has made a new cruise TD that actually I checked it out. You can find them for less than 25 grand too. So that may be a solution. My concern in the back of my mind, Bob is <laughs> I've had some experience with Chevy diesels in the past. that was not particularly good. <laughs> and when, the, and, and the maintenance on diesels, if they're not a good engine and, and, and the fuel is more expensive than gasoline, significantly more than expensive, right, Bob? Yeah. Woo. It make you cry. I mean, you ride by and you see 310 now. And we were in South Carolina a couple of weeks ago, or, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and 297 and stuff like that. And then That's diesel, for gas, but then the yeah, diesel. diesel 389, you know, just. And, and, and so since diesel fuel is more expensive, yeah, you can get better fuel economy. But since the government's figured out how to tax diesel fuel, similar to gasoline, and, and it's just not less expensive. So you have... And then I, those of us who sold those diesel cars, what happened to the resale value of them was almost uh, enough to cause us all to lose our reputation because a, a diesel vehicle back in the day was worth $3,000 less than the comparable gas one. Now, I'm talking about back in the day. But my concern is going forward now, if this diesel isn't turn out to be everything that could be, then here you find yourself. Same thing if you buy a compressed natural gas vehicle or if you buy an electric vehicle. What happens if you go spend fifty grand and buy yourself a Volt? And then they continue to catch on fire all over it. Well, what's the resale value of your $50,000 Volt? You know, those things are all concerns out there. I must say this. We've kind of slammed Chevy a little bit for their old technology, but the best cranking vehicle I have that's diesel is my Chevy... 4,500 Duramax diesel. They came a long way, didn't they? It, it, it does, you know, because you don't even have to wait and turn the glow plugs on. And 
You know, most of them, you turn the switch on, you wait for the glow plugs to ignite. With this vehicle, you get in, you turn the key, there's a minor delay, because sometimes you'll get in, you'll think, ah, you know, but then, boom, and just cranks right up every time. So I've got to give uh, Chevy the attaboy for that technology. I don't know exactly how that works, but it is the best cranking vehicle I have as far as my diesels go. And, and interestingly, the Dodge, the one Dodge truck I, I noted, um, that was the compressed natural gas vehicle, it, it'll run on gasoline too. So there's a gasoline tank, and then there's a compressed natural gas tank. Uh, Got a and, lot of boom, boom there. <laughs> a lot of possible boom, boom. But, the, the you know, it's obviously flexible for you if you need that kind of thing. So the thing I'm liking about compressed natural gas is, number one, it burns really clean. It, it, it burns cleaner than gasoline. And because of that, it, it, actually, if you were to go to any engine plant right now, they use natural gas to test engines because it never messes up the engine. Natural gas is as clean as it can be, and so you don't have all the, the wear and tear on the engine. They want to put a new engine in your car, so when they've tested it with natural gas, there's not near as much wear and tear. So Or carbon or any of that. Right. So all the, the lack of emissions makes the vehicle run better and longer. So I'm liking natural gas for that reason. I don't have to have impressed compression like you do on a diesel, which leads to all sorts of other issues. Number one, weight, right? Well, because you got to have so much compression in order to have a diesel, you got to reinforce the block like crazy to be able to get that compression. And so diesels weigh a great deal more than a car, which means more suspension, more shock absorbers, more all sorts of stuff. Is that why we don't have diesel airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought so, about that, Bob. <laughs> oh, oh, only me. Yeah. <laughs> so diesel has weight. Diesel has all sorts of issues. Electric has issues. But when it comes to natural gas, I'm thinking, wow, it burns cleaner. It's definitely less expensive because the feds haven't figured out how to tax it right yet. <laughs> they will. If time goes on, I feel I feel comfortable that they'll figure out a way to get the price up. But right now, it's significantly cheaper than gasoline. It definitely burns cleaner than gasoline. You can get a range of, of three to 400 miles, and it's not more expensive because it doesn't take any technology, any special technology, to get an engine to run on natural gas. They do it automatically. <laughs> In other words, it, natural gas is a better fuel than gasoline. And, and I don't think you'd find anybody who knew something about engineering wouldn't agree with that statement. Gasoline, you got to you got to compress, do all sorts of stuff to get it atomized in order to put oxygen molecules around with it so it will explode. Of course, there comes the disadvantage to natural gas. is It's ready to explode. <laughs> so if it happens to go off, you know, there you go. You got a little bit of a situation. So I was hoping somebody would call in, and we still have lines open. We still would love to hear your story on your fuel fiasco, 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three four truth. You got one, Bob? Well, you was talking about fuel fiascos. I went to help a friend out with a lawn mowing pro- project and uh, ended up putting kerosene in uh, their dad's uh, riding gas mower. Didn't work out too good, so I was going to finish the job with the push mower, putting the same kerosene in a push mower. Well, we got boom, boom power coming when we come back, so stay tuned. We got a lot more Christian Car Guy show coming up.
So we are talking fuel here today on the Christian Car Guy, and naturally we know about the serious power that's available from the Holy Spirit, and we're moving into our appraisal by the Real Black Book. That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, crowd for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. And as I was talking about, we were at this Dangerous Heart Boot Camp last week, which Bob was there with us. It was Awesome, at- awesome, awesome weekend. My son and I were there, and I just received a real blessing from that encourage everybody to give that some, some consideration and there we, we and you would agree bob there's some amazing teaching about god the father in there and there's some amazing teaching about jesus there's some amazing stuff that you may not have thought about in the community that is god god the father god the spirit i mean god the son and god the holy spirit but i was challenged as i was listening and, and attending this boot camp about the holy ghost and so I decided to go back and study a little bit more John Owen, who wrote Communing with the Triune God, but he also did a very extensive book on the Holy Spirit. And the first thing he started to bring out as I was studying this book was that the Spirit is God-breathed. And I, and I really hadn't really put this into connection, just because my brain is not too smart, but God breathed life into man. And that, that, that Spirit is kind of breathed in. And, 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 this, and that breath of God is throughout the scriptures, and he gives tons of examples of that. And it's, it's very similar to the word pneumonia, P-N-E-A-U or something like that, that's used in all these different places throughout the Bible. And so I, I, I said, well, okay, there's the spirit part. I see that, but what about the holy part? So I decided, well, I'm just going to start studying holy. And you know what I found, Bob? This is going to seem amazingly simple, but that's how com- my brain could figure it out. <laughs> it came from the word whole, W-H-O-L-E whole. And I started thinking, wow, you know, salome, the, the, the word that the Hebrews use for peace, that means completeness and this wholeness. And I started to think about this and I was talking about this with some of my Christian brothers at CBMC. And one of those guys is, I call him the Catholic because he's a Methodist, but he's got a Catholic background. His name's Vinnie Menino. He's a character and a half. But anyway, he said, well, Robbie, you sound like you're in catechism. That's what they taught us back when I was in Catholic school, that the Holy Spirit brought a wholeness to Mary when he came upon her. You remember Jesus? And, and, and I was like, whoa, that's pretty heavy duty here. Luke one thirty five it says, And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And I started to gaze upon the face of God and understanding some things about the Holy Spirit, which I know is there to glorify the Son and the Son to glorify the Father. And and this is also amazing that wait now, Mary, wow, I you know, I'm just I'm I'm getting trying to get my mind around that, Bob. There were so many things last weekend that I was having uh to really, really, really think about. And um the part I carried home with me that I got to experience quicker than I really wanted to was spiritual warfare and i never really gave it the merit that it it deserves because you know it's just a constant thing and uh it's a battle the 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 part he got me with was he talked about when you're acting up and you're not following the lord the devil doesn't worry too much about you he's he's not too concerned about you because you're on his team you're 
you're right there in the huddle with him and everything. But when you go to acting different and uh, doing different and thinking different and uh, and trying to get yourself straightened out, that's when he's going to uh, pin the target on your back and keep you in his crosshairs. And the good news is that along with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the comforter that Jesus talked about sending when he went to heaven comes this power right and we saw that in judges where the spirit of the lord came upon gideon and it got came upon uh samson but here in acts it says and you will receive power when the holy comes holy spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem and in judea and all samaria so wow we can be made whole there's a whole bunch of stuff in the holy holy spirit there we want to thank you all for listening to the christian car guys show what about those fantastic fuel stories? Remember, Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And how about this week? Just gazing upon the face of God as a triune God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the amazing Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show.